0: Welcome to Failed Utopia, the podcast about utopian ideas and paradise lost. We look at utopian concepts of the past, present, and future, as well as utopian communities and cults, which promise the world to eager followers, but inevitably fail when it all starts to unravel. Utopians, it's Pride Month, and today I'm bringing you a story about a trans and queer haven in Southern Colorado. First of all, this group gets 10 out of 10 from me just based on its name alone, the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch. <laughs> it's an alpaca ranch founded by a group of trans people who wanted to create a little utopia where they could thrive away from persistent discrimination and And hostility they faced as trans people out in the world. While they just want to live their lives and exist, they aren't willing to hide in order to be left alone. And unfortunately, just being who they are, where they are, has led to some backlash that threatens their safe haven. The idea for the ranch started back around 2016, more or less as a response to the Trump administration and the accompanying rising tide of hostility and discrimination toward the trans and queer community. Of course, the administration itself released an onslaught of actions against the LGBTQ community But there was also a corresponding rise in discrimination and violence in cities and towns across the country. Now, I didn't go out and collect a bunch of statistics for you guys. But for one example, in 2017, Newsweek reported the deadliest year for trans people in U.S. history, with 25 murders documented as of November of that year. Also, LGBTQ people are more likely to be targets of hate crimes than any other minority group in the U.S., and that was true even before these type of hate crimes surged during the Trump administration. But then, because 2020 just couldn't stand to be outdone as the worst year ever— The Human Rights Campaign, which is an organization that has tracked this data since 2013, reported 37 violent killings of trans and non-gender conforming people in 2020. So, sadly, it's not hard to see why a group of trans people wanted to create a safe haven. So that's what they did, and in spring of 2020, they moved their burgeoning operation to a ranch near Westcliff in Custer County, Colorado. Their utopia is situated with breathtaking views of Colorado's wet and Sangre de Cristo mountain ranges, and from this valley, you can see five 14,000-foot mountain peaks called the Crestone Group. Crestone, you say? Well, that's funny because when I was reading all of the news stories about this group, I found myself half-jokingly wondering why they hadn't set up shop in Crestone. Well, it turns out, according to the map, that Westcliff is basically right next to Crestone as the crow flies. However, there just happens to be a mountain range in between. So to drive between the two towns would take about two hours because you have to circumnavigate the mountains. If you're wondering why I'm bringing up this other town, Crestone, just check out the last episode, Love Has Won. While the state of Colorado overall has been becoming a bit less red politically as of the last several years, rural Custer County has remained deep red. About 70% of its citizens voted for Trump in both 2016 and 2020. Shortly after the tenacious Unicorn Ranch had relocated just outside of Westcliff, there was a 4th of July parade in town, and some in that parade carried Confederate flags and three-percenter banners. The three-percenters are a far-right anti-government militia, I had to look them up to find out just how stupid it is, but according to the Anti-Defamation League, the 3%er concept created around 2008 is based on a false historical claim that only 3% of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War against the British. And they consider themselves to be the modern-day equivalent of those Americans who fought the British, but now the federal government is somehow their equivalent of the British. (laughs) Yeah. So they've been around a while, but more recently, their focus has seemed to shift off the federal government because while they hated Obama, they loved Trump. So they shifted their hate to the left, Muslims, immigrants, gun control, coronavirus restrictions, racial equality protests, and stuff like that. Anyway, shortly after this parade, a news article published in Colorado's High Country News about the tenacious Unicorn Ranch included a quote from one of the ranch co-owners, Penny Logue, calling it a fascist parade and apparently that really pissed some people off. So that basically started a war of words that escalated into harassment of the tenacious unicorns, both online and even in person by armed trespassers at the ranch. They decided to arm themselves for protection. They carry pistols with them all the time and keep more weapons in their commune headquarters building And they erected a tall fence around their property and installed cameras for security. So that's why they've been reported on in the media as gun-toting anarchist trans alpaca ranchers. (laughs) Fortunately, things haven't devolved into physical violence, and hopefully they never will. In media interviews, the Tenacious Unicorns have made it abundantly clear that they generally love the community around Westcliff, and that most of the people there have been wonderful and supportive and become their friends, but that it's a minority of these ultra-conservative right-wing militia types who have made their lives difficult. You might be wondering where law enforcement has fallen in all of this and it seems to be somewhat of a mixed bag. In news interviews, the local sheriff started out expressing sadness that anyone in their community would feel unsafe. However, things sort of went downhill after that, as he appeared to blame the tenacious unicorns for not making people like them. For instance, he implied they shouldn't have made the comments about the fascist parade or put up a security fence. Because it was offensive to the locals, personally, I don't think it's up to trans people to somehow magically make people who hate them start liking them, or hide who they are and keep their mouths shut. Or as Penny Logue herself put it to Dan Boyce at Colorado Public Radio, that's classic abuser speak to be like, "Oh, well, the problem is not the abuse, but it's that they went public with the abuse. One instance of possible harassment was, strangely enough, kind of caught on camera when Denver's Nine News was filming a piece at the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch and a sheriff's deputy came by to investigate an anonymous tip accusing the ranchers of animal abuse. It turned out to be unfounded, and even the sheriff admitted the false tip likely came from somebody trying to make trouble for the group. I'll put a link to that news piece in the show notes. It's actually worth a watch. Aside from conflict with some of the locals, the ranch seems to be doing pretty well. They have 40 acres, 180 alpaca, some sheep and goats, ducks and chickens, and a bunch of herding dogs named after Star Trek characters. (laughs) While I was looking into this story, I accidentally learned something about alpacas. The ranchers had trouble getting certain livestock loans from the Department of Agriculture because alpacas are classified as pets. Yeah, I mean, that's just funny because who would go get a pet alpaca? Unless you already live on a farm or something, I guess. And you could have a cow or a pig as a pet, but they're still considered livestock. So anyway, I don't know why that is. Maybe someone out there knows a little more about ranching than I do, and you can fill me in. But here's something funny that one of the ranch's co-founders told High Country News. There's something inherently queer about how many alpaca we have. (laughs) People don't know what to do with us. Sure, we'll bring out some sheep. I guess that makes us normal or whatever, but that's the closest we'll get to assimilation. (laughs) So apparently to other ranchers, having a bunch of alpacas is just like frivolous or something, but they love these alpacas and they do have a commercial use. They shear their wool and make it into yarn and sell it. And alpaca wool is really soft. But they also have some sheep, which I assume they also sell the wool from. And on their website, you can buy their yarn, plus merchandise like t-shirts and these really cute little alpaca stickers. They pick up extra work from locals and other ranchers and even the Amish community in the area. They also raise money through Patreon and GoFundMe, and their goal is to keep increasing the financial viability of the ranch so they can expand, build more housing, and in turn accept more residents who they hope to provide with housing, work, community, safe haven, and a purpose. There are currently about nine full-time residents, I think plus visitors who come and stay a few days or a week, and they hope to soon add housing for 20 more people. The commune's model seems to involve providing room and board in exchange for work, though I'm not sure of the exact setup. It's a model that could work as long as the ranch remains profitable. If I had to compare their setup to any other group I've covered on this podcast, I'd say it's kind of similar to the Findhorn Eco Village. They face a challenge when it comes to being self-sufficient financially, but at least the ranch is a legitimate business operation that has the potential to scale. Ranching is hard work, and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it's definitely doable. Looking even further ahead, the group hopes to go nationwide, with tenacious unicorn ranches serving trans and queer people across the nation. That sounds great, and I wish them well with that. But at the same time, I think it also shows how far we still have to go as a society. When we have this whole group of people who face so much judgment and hostility that they need a network of safe havens where they can simply exist— without having to defend that existence or be cast as an other or an outsider, constantly under the microscope. On the one hand, the tenacious unicorn ranch is a utopia that I hope succeeds. But on the other, I hope someday it also fails because no one needs it anymore. What I don't want is to see it fail because harassment from bigots makes it unsafe for the people seeking refuge there. If that big challenge can't be overcome, the rest is basically a moot point. Given that the people who like the tenacious unicorns, or at the very least are happy to just leave them alone and live and let live, vastly outnumber the militia wannabes. We can only hope the conflict dies down and becomes water under the bridge. In the meantime, it's probably worth mentioning that, even with the levels of anti-LGBTQ violence I mentioned earlier, it's still less dangerous in the U.S. than in many parts of the world. According to LGBTQ immigration rights organization Immigration Equality, In more than 70 countries, some aspect of being LGBTQ is a crime. Even if it's not illegal to be LGBTQ, it may nevertheless be fundamentally unsafe to be a member of the community. So, while we should be able to say that the United States is already a safe harbor, we're not there yet. Not when we still have need of LGBTQ utopias like the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to help other people find it. Tell your friends about it. And if you want to support the pod directly and help keep new episodes coming, you can donate to the show through the link at the bottom of the show notes. Connect and stay in the loop on the website, failedutopia.com or the Facebook page at failedutopiapod. Build utopia episodes are written and produced by me anna roberts the burning palm tree painting featured on the cover is by artist perry vasquez my intro music is by elliot middleton see you next time